Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Squat Cobbler. I'm Kelly Tool at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on everything. So you're going to stick with this Dr. Mike thing, huh? That's a I thing. mean, for a little bit. It seems to be working in my favor. There's pharmaceutical loot crate. I have people saying that, you know, they want to play doctor with me, so I'm good. Okay. I'm going to be sticking with the Dr. Stinky Pants, I think, a little bit myself, because that works. I don't soon. know. I think you'd make a good Nurse Kelly. Uh, no, I was. This was for you. <laughs> this is your. You did a candy striper uniform. Yeah. It'll be great. Who's to say I'm not wearing one now? Ah, uh, the listeners' imaginations are running wild. Yeah, special little ear candy for you there, folks. Before we get started, uh, this will be a recommendation show this week. But wanted to provide folks a bit of an update on nurture and support, the kinder, gentler version of a podcast that uh, is involved. Those of you familiar with our history knows for a long time we would kind of first there was nurture and support then we had a little bit of squat cobbler then we went into a rotation of nurture and support one week squat cobbler the next mel started to run into internet issues those have not gotten better in fact they've gotten worse and so she's in a really kind of tough spot for a while so nurture and support unfortunately is on indefinite hiatus until mel can kind of line up a little better internet connection circumstance from there so we'll we'll be pulling for that Hope it happens soon uh, and look forward to uh, to getting back in the swing of things there. But sorry, folks, for a while you're stuck with Mike and I on a weekly basis and uh, we're, uh, we'll just kind of keep on keeping on from there. So I just wanted to give folks a little bit of an update on it. And as a fan, I just want to say, because I don't know if people realize this, but when I say, you know, I'm a big fan industry and support and a day one supporter and that I'm really into what you guys do. That's not just because Kelly and Mel are my friends. I genuinely like the show. I look forward to new episodes, and as much as I love doing Squat Cobbler, it is a shame that we're going to have to wait a little bit for more nurture and support. Yeah, I look I look forward to it uh, as well. I think it's a good mix because there's uh, territory that this podcast covers that nurture and support never will cover, <laughs> and so we I think we provide uh, a good breadth of options for folks on that. So I'm uh, hopeful that things can get kind of squared away, but we're just going to have to sit tight to see how it all plays out. And thank you for being a fan, Mike. I'm sure Mel appreciates that as well. <laughs> well, I'm one of many fans of the show, so it, it's a shame that I have to wait a little bit longer for it, but I'm happy to help out and keep everybody entertained in the interim with a little bit of extra Squat Cobbler for them, an extra slice of Squat Cobbler. Does that, that sound right? That sounds like a marketing slogan. Absolutely. That works. <laughs> See, that's we're all about branding and marketing here. We still haven't told people to subscribe. <laughs> Yeah, we're. But other than that, we're great at branding and marketing. YouTube.com slash K E L L Y T H U L. Go there, subscribe, hit the uh, alert button so that you know when new uh, squat covers roll out. Uh, I'm trying to get a little better. They tend to kind of come in waves. <laughs> I catch up and I eventually get the podcast converted over to YouTube format. 
do some editing typically before they make their way there. But uh, we'll try and get a little more predictable on that. But uh, subscribe, notify, get yourself notified when new stuff comes out. And not only will you get the fun treasures uh, we'll give you today, but Alice has a new album coming out. We'll be talking about that. We're likely to go into the Bisto Blanco catalog some. So there's there's some good stuff coming up, folks. So it's worth your time to subscribe. Plus, you know, we have the naked episode, the fuck episode. You got to wait and see how many times I can get Gashwagon into a single episode. There's just so much to keep people on the edge of their seat. And for those of you listening, that recent exchange by Mike is an example of where I have to spend a little extra time editing for YouTube before this stuff makes it out. So thanks. Thanks for the work, Mike. Appreciate it. Was it because I said there's just so much quality content coming? Yeah, that was exactly it. Oh, for a second, I thought it was Gashwagon and episode, but as long as it was those. Yeah. Okay. Whew, safe. Yeah. So in a way, um, I'm going to... Because I'm, I'm kind of, I am sad about us having to kind of stick on a hiatus for uh, nurture and support. I figure it would be good for me to give what would be typically a nurture and support like recommendation uh, that I would. So this would definitely, if nurture and support was up and running, I wouldn't be talking about this here. I'd be talking about it on nurture and support as a as a wave to to nurture and support. I'm going to go ahead and do this recommendation this week. Also, we've learned that Mike used to be a baker, and so I think this will be interesting to him. Uh, as well and my recommendation this week is actually a, a youtube channel it is a youtube channel called townsend's not pete just townsend t-o-w-n-s-e-n-d-s and this gentleman it's a little murky i don't know what happened to his son it used to be townsend and sons and now it's just townsend so there may be some dark history here i don't know about but this guy's all about uh, 18th century cooking, colonial cooking, which I'm sure is exactly the kind of content the squatties out there want to hear more about. They are super psyched. They are ready to jump yeah. on this gash wagon. That's, That's right. three so <laughs> far in this episode. I'm counting, yes. Yeah, and, and when I'm not wearing a candy striper uniform, Mike and I typically do uh, squat cobbler in full colonial garb. And and this is consistent with the Townsend uh, channel that he, he, um, he has a store, sells period authentic cooking utensils recipes uh attire uh, as well and so he's always in full regalia dressed as a colonial era person teaching you how to cook all sorts of different kind of goodies kind of a, a generally likable guy uh, in terms of his delivery seems really kind of genuine and sincere but uh by by subscribing to this townsend's youtube channel you will learn how to build an earthen oven you will learn how to make colonial fried chicken and something that I thought might be especially interesting to Mike, you'll learn how to make German beer soup, which I figured would be a, a big hit, along with pink pancakes, corn and eels, swanky and Groot, have no idea what that is, <laughs> salmon pastries, all sorts of different things. But he does it legit. He does it like they would have done it in the 1800s. And so it's all outdoor cooking when he's using a Dutch oven. It's the big cast iron kind of Dutch oven and the coals and all that kind of deal there. So he does he does it all with what they would have had available to them at the time. It's really kind of soothing, relaxing stuff to go forward with. Um, and I was really surprised on a, on a recent episode, they had gone to a event where this went on. And it was in Goshen, Indiana. And Goshen, Indiana is the... Uh, it's the Nazareth of Indiana, because that's where I grew up. The Bethlehem of Indiana is, is Fort Wayne. That's where I was born. And uh, I had no idea, as a longtime resident of Goshen, that there was 
colonial cooking festivities in our fine town, but but there were. So now now I'm going to have to get back to the hometown sometime and and kind of check it out. But it's always kind of really interesting. It's got a little history component to it. He explains things really well. It's very interesting to see the type of equipment he uses because none of it's none of it's current. It's all all authentic. So it's just kind of a very kind of relaxing and interesting thing. So. And the nice part, too, is the videos aren't long. I mean, they'll run anywhere from 7 to 12 minutes long. So it's kind of a quick view. So if you're looking to kill some time on YouTube, this is a great subscription. I'll be interested with Mike, given his deep baker background, if uh, if he has any umbrage of you know, things, advice he'd want to provide or things. But uh, it's a pretty interesting thing. Uh, there's also an early American whiskey chapter that I'm going to explore a little bit further as well. So my recommendation this week is Townsend's on YouTube, Colonial Cooking. There you go. Very interesting. The German beer soup does definitely pique my interest. Actually, as we're recording this tonight, I'm drinking Warsteiner Dunkel. So that is a German beer. So I'm definitely in, I'm already in the right headspace for this. Um, so yes, I, I was a baker uh, for about two years. I don't think it was quite two years. The thing with me with baking is I hate baking. <laughs> like it's not something I, I did for fun. It's not something that I had ever enjoyed doing. It was like a second part-time job for a while so that I could pay down my, some of my student loans. Needed some extra income to do that. And uh, I was trained really well. So what ended up happening as a result of that is I just started baking all the time because once you, you really learn how to do it, and again, I, I have no talent. I had no desire to do this, but they, they really took the time and trained me really well. <clears throat> so it's not that I am naturally inclined to this but but i was taught by people who are and uh so i just started you know baking in my everyday life because it got to a point where it was like well it'll taste better if i make it from scratch rather than buy whatever this thing is from the store so i do still enjoy baking and we're actually it's funny you bring this up now because we're getting towards the time of the year where i, I tend to do my most baking which is around the fall uh, one of my favorite things to make is i make pumpkin cheesecake muffins which a friend of mine told me it was like fall coming in her mouth. Would that have to be edited out for YouTube? Correct. <laughs> I just, I wasn't sure that just occurred to me. I didn't say that by the way. So that's a quote. Well, I can't... <laughs> you, but you did say it. You, you may, no, no, you may not have been the first quoting, person. <laughs> yeah. I was quoting someone else. <laughs> okay. It doesn't count. That's how that works. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll prepare that response to the YouTube police. when they. <laughs> I didn't so, say that. I so what was else. what was the name of this confection you make again? Those were pumpkin cheesecake muffins. Okay. I thought he was like a blues singer, but okay. <laughs> so imagine like a piece of cheesecake in the shape of a muffin. So instead of the crust at the bottom, it would be the, the muffin part. The bottom of the muffin would be like the crust, and then the muffin top itself is cheesecake. It's good if you enjoy cheesecake and muffins and, and pumpkin. pumpkin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to kind of triangulate there. <laughs> yeah, if you like all three of those things, it is like fall coming in your mouth, according to this other person. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm going to edit that. <laughs> That's was that a cobbler wren thing? When we bring him in, he has a series of ones that he typically uses on a regular basis. But I think this is going to require some new new content from cobbler wren to to kind of address this one i uh i have no idea is that the most extreme thing we've had on there no no but it's just it's not it's not easily sanitized (laughs) you know i mean what else could be in your mouth uh i think it's just gonna probably say something like really good (laughs) you know something like that (laughs) 
fall came really good in your mouth. No, and she said it was really good. <laughs> you know, I, oh, think, okay. I think that that'll probably be. So I'm sure this will be fascinating to listen to the folks on YouTube because that's probably what you heard a couple minutes ago. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. My recommendation when we get there will be clean, unlike Kelly's so far. No, this is a, this is a tangent problem here because, I mean. <laughs> this is not a tangent. This is directly related to your this recommendation. Is a how, how can. All right, fine. This is not colonial cooking. My recommendation is colonial your, cooking. Your colonial cooking recommendation has led to this will be four times saying that somebody came in someone's mouth. That's that's your recommendation that did that. I guarantee that won't come up in mine. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> please, please try and fit it in. I can't wait to hear what my recommendation is. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to yours. Uh, uh, so I am very much interested in this because I am always looking for new things that I can try. And it does interest me whenever I see like some of the old fashioned uh, approaches and recipes and things like that. So as, as some of our listeners know, the reason that I now go by Dr. Mike, because I'm a medical doctor, but also because I, I recently moved to what was a doctor's office. So while we were looking at properties, there was a very large old home that we looked at. Really, in the end, it came down to it was either a doctor's office or a funeral home. We settled on the doctor's office because it was just worked out better for everything, all of our needs. But another house that we really, really liked, but unfortunately was a little too old-fashioned for us, uh, was a, a very old, very large home. And we were looking around. Now, there was one thing for, I, and I'm sure everyone does this, but I came up with a list of like, things I have to have when I was looking at a property and things, you know, that I could, that I want. And then things that I absolutely won't accept if they're a part of this property. One of those things, and they lied to us before we came and looked at it. One of those things is that I did not want, and there are strangely in Philadelphia, a large percentage of properties that still have oil or coal heat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> not not quite as many here in Bloomington, Illinois, but a few. Yeah, we we have a lot apparently, like way more than I would have guessed. If prior to the house hunting process beginning, if you were like, "How many places on here don't have gas?" <laughs> like I would have said, like maybe five houses in the city. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so we ended up seeing a bunch of places. Till finally, I was just like, "Hey, this is unacceptable. We're not going to see these places." So we went to this very large home that checked a lot of our boxes, except it did have oil heat. The real a hundred percent deal breaker though was when we went in the kitchen. We wanted an open kitchen or just a very large kitchen because again, I bake. Um, so I and I'm messy when I bake. <laughs> when I would do I my think, overnight, I think we've already established that earlier in the show. But go ahead. <laughs> Is this a fall coming in the mouth thing again? Yeah, I did that to myself. Sorry. You did. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> you were just trying. You're giving yourself. Uh, you're really like testing yourself. Like, how are you going to cut these out in a creative way? And I respect that. Yeah. So, it had this really large kitchen, which is what they were really using as a selling feature. And we went into the kitchen. One thing I thought was really cool. And again, kitchen was gigantic. <laughs> very, very large. Unusually large for a kitchen. Even in a larger home like that, this was a giant space. I'm a really messy cook. Um, when I would work in the bakery, when I would do overnights, if you were the overnight baker, you're... I'm not going to say it was hard, but you had to make a large volume of everything. So let's just say I was making loaves of bread, muffins, and donuts. Instead of making, you know, 40 or 50 of each thing, you're making two, 300 each. Because not only do you have to get ready for the morning rush, get everybody to the afternoon as far as, far as the location you're at, 
but we would make extra for some of our other locations that could be delivered there to kind of give them a jump start because we were one of the bigger locations. So we had to do a large volume of these. I'm messy, even small scale at home. So it was just a complete disaster every day. And even by the end of the two years, I was no better at making a mess. I'm no better now, years later, with all this baking experience. Um, I'm just a messy baker. It's just the, the way that I do it. When I worked at the bakery, though, I would literally hose down the area <laughs> at the end of the day. I would just take out a hose, like a regular hose, and hose down the entire area and mop it up. I can't do that at home, but when we were seeing this home, uh, they had this gigantic kitchen. When we first walked in, one of the things that struck me, and I like like weird touches to a house. Like I love that this place was a doctor's office. And even as over the years, I'm sure we're going to remodel. We might knock down some walls. We might re reconfigure some things over time. I'm going to keep elements of the doctor's office here because I think it gives a certain character to the house that a normal house, air quotes, doesn't have. So I like that. One of the things that struck me in addition to this giant kitchen when we looked at this property was there was a wood burning stove <laughs> in the kitchen. When you first walked in, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Thinking like that's a neat antique piece. It's a good conversation starter. Who knows? Maybe I could even get it working and try and make something the old fashioned way. And it'd be like a fun party gag kind of thing. <clears throat> then we kept looking around the kitchen and couldn't find an oven. <laughs> and then we realized that's the stove. <laughs> That's not like, it's not like a collector's piece or anything like that. That's the stove. This house had a wood burning stove. So, so was this the uh, funeral home? No, no, okay. this was another Because I think property. you might've got your rooms confused. <laughs> that wasn't a wood burning stove. Like we're going to make crazy pizzas in here. <laughs> Look how long this pizza oven is. That's insane. It's like you could climb in there. It's crazy. No, no, but yeah, it had a wood-burning stove, and one of the people who was showing us around turned out to be the owner after we openly insulted the owner for still having a wood-burning stove. We were saying to the realtor out loud, like, this is insane, who doesn't have a stove? There was a microwave. We're like, but this is insane, who doesn't have a stove? And they're like, well, there's no gas. I'm like, there's no gas. <laughs> we told you no oil heat. So it was, and they're like, oh, it's not, it's coal. And I was like, so it's a coal-heated home with a wood-burning stove? They're like, yeah. And I was like, all right, this is a little too authentic for me. <laughs> but who knows, had I seen these videos before, maybe it would have swayed yeah. me. Yeah, nice, nice try to get out of this being a tangent, but this was totally a tangent. That was not a tangent. I, I, so I'm the one who writes the blog post, and this is going in as a tangent. <laughs> I disagree. I don't think that any part of that was a tangent. That ties perfectly into okay, yours. We've noted your concern. Move on. I'm sorry, Kelly. Even if it's hard to swallow, <laughs> it, see how yeah. I tied it back in again? Yeah. That was not yeah. a tangent. Laser-like focus. <laughs> but that was a great recommendation. <laughs> I thought it was. I'm regretting it now. But I, I mean, uh, you're the one who brought the filth tonight. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got, I got nothing. Go right ahead. Please try and work coming in your mouth, though, to into my end, please. So, Kelly, are you a Robert Stack guy? Robert Stack? I'm going to go with no. And I'm not I'm not anti-Stack. Uh, I'd like to clarify that. But I'm not pro-Stack. I'm, I'm kind of Stack neutral. Hmm. That's a controversial opinion. Yeah. We'll see how it lands with the squaddies. Yeah, I know. It's... So, were you ever an Unsolved Mysteries guy, more specifically? Yeah, that I was. Okay. Particular era of the show? Uh the 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 OG. <laughs> <I would say. laughs> the Robert Stack yep. version. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know, 
Unsolved Mysteries was a crime show on TV. They would also do these like Halloween-y supernatural theme specials. Um, but it was a true crime show on TV. They would do reenactments, the kind of thing you're you're completely used to seeing all the time now. There's even entire channels devoted to it, like ID Discovery and all that kind of stuff. But at that time, I think it was a little bit more of a novelty. I don't I don't think this was everywhere that this was happening. And when I was a kid, this was almost like, I love horror and anything horror really. So watching Unsolved Mysteries to me as a kid was almost like watching a horror movie on TV because there was murder and sex and intrigue and, you know, double crossing and occasionally ghosts. (laughs) It was like this batshit crazy horror show that was on TV that was anchored really well by Robert Stack because I, I always felt like he had a really good presence. He was a great narrator and he, he kind of made it all make sense so that they could transition from like real legitimate stories into like crazy ghost stories and things like that and back again. And it all kind of felt like there was a continuity to it, not like this is, this is insane. So I hadn't seen Unsolved Mysteries in a long time. So for anyone who doesn't know the trajectory of the show, it started off as a series of specials with different hosts. And Robert Stack was one of the hosts of this revolving lineup of hosts. Then when it was made a regular series, Robert Stack, I guess, was the most popular of the hosts. So he became the host of the regular series. After that, uh, there was a couple of different incarnations of it with different hosts after Stack bowed out. Uh, To the best of my knowledge, none of those lasted very long. And it's actually going to be rebooted again in the near future by Netflix because Netflix brings back the things that, (laughs) that are gone that we miss. But one of the things that always struck me as a kid was the theme song to Unsolved Mysteries. Do you remember that at all? I do. So because I'm old and I saw the episodes when they originally aired, what particularly struck me with it was the original theme song. And the reason that I stress that is because the theme song changed over the years. Somewhere in the middle of the Robert Stack era, they revamped the theme song and it didn't have, it's still really good, but it didn't have quite as much punch to me as the original did. And then they kept updating it a little bit, modernizing it a little bit as the later episodes came in and i just wasn't a fan by the end of it it just seemed like somebody aping the unsolved mysteries theme song rather than the real theme song that i had grown up with but i was a big fan of the show and more recently unsolved mysteries has started popping up on different streaming platforms uh it's on hulu and you can also watch it for free on tubi so there is commercials when you watch it on tubi but it's free so you can watch all of the episodes on there and it has this it separates um the stack episodes from some of the later episodes so one night i put the tv on fell asleep on the couch watching unsolved mysteries um i love rewatching these old episodes the soundtracks are amazing the scores are great not only are they really well done for television scores they're very cinematic sounding they sound like horror movie soundtracks like really produce well produced horror movie soundtracks my only complaint is the repackages and they've done a few there's been dvd releases and stuff as well they usually use the slightly altered version of the robert stack theme song not the original one but the like halfway mark where they were like let's let's kick this up a notch for the kids <laughs> and i'm not as big a fan of that one so they use that theme song unfortunately but all of the music for it is great so fairly recently there is a record label called terror vision that has been reissuing uh soundtracks to horror movies predominantly on vinyl and some cassette as well so they did an unsolved for the first time ever i believe in unsolved mysteries proper soundtrack was really which seems crazy to me because and maybe it's just me being a musician and unsolved mysteries was actually believe it or not a huge influence on me musically 
because I loved that theme song and that stuck with me so much. I was like, you can scare people with music. <laughs> and that was something that really stuck with me and obviously was a good foundation for Pagan. So when I saw this went up, unfortunately, they did do like an expanded collector's edition version and I missed it. Unfortunately, that sold out really quickly. I didn't get a chance to get it. I did recently pick up the standard edition of it, though, and it's still pretty amazing. Uh, it is a translucent purple vinyl. It has the original theme song on it, as well as the halfway mark redux version and some of the better musical cues from the different Robert Stack era episodes. It's a really, really nice package. And the packaging itself is really great. The artwork is incredible. Uh, I actually have it in front of me right now. So this is a single vinyl. I believe the deluxe edition was a double vinyl that I missed out on. I'm going to keep rubbing it into myself. Uh, but there is a gatefold. And when you open up the gatefold, it's like a POV shot of somebody's feet in bed and a TV at the end of the bed as if you're laying in bed watching Unsolved Mysteries. And then the slip for the vinyl record itself looks like um, an old like TV guide style page with listings of, of programming. Really, really excellent package. Great selection. Like I said, it has the, uh, let's see here, it has the extended version of the original theme from 91. And then it has the 1995 and on theme Redux. So it has both versions. So, you know, if you're wrong and think the second version of it's better, you get that as well. But it has both versions on there. And I have, because Kelly loves tangents, and again, not really a tangent, but I have a fun unsolved, recent Unsolved Mystery story that led to me buying this vinyl. So I was checking out Tubi, which I only became aware of because they have Evil Bong on there now. So Evil Bong for a long time, streaming-wise, you could really only stream, I think initially it was on Amazon, and then for a while Hulu had the exclusive for it. And now it's it's uh, that exclusive deal's up. So it's on a few different platforms now, and it's on Tubi. So I wanted to check out Tubi because I wasn't familiar. Saw Unsolved Mysteries, love the show. So I always watch it whenever I get a chance. Fell asleep watching TV with Unsolved Mysteries. I'm much like the character in your gatefold of the vinyl if you pick it up. And when I woke up, there was an episode <laughs> with New Kids on the Block in the episode, playing into the music thing again. Are you New Kids on the Block guy, Kelly? No, I am officially not. <laughs> Officially not, you're taking a hard, hard it's no. A, it's, a hard, it's a hard no on them. No NKOTB for Kelly. I had no idea the New Kids on the Block was on Unsolved Mysteries. I don't remember this. And again, I've watched some of the, the packaged DVDs. I've watched it on Hulu prior to this. And I watched the show was originally on. Had no idea that this happened. I am half asleep. <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. I'm barely groggily peering through foggy, squinted eyes. And I'm like, is this new kids? On, what is happening? And the Unsolved Mysteries music's playing in the background. So as I'm watching this, this segment unfold, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, there's like two or three segments to each episode. So it'd be like two or three different like true crime or occasionally ghost cases in each episode. So I'm watching this segment from what must have been the beginning. And they're talking about, like, new kids on the block are talking. And they're talking about a girl who went missing, which is a common theme, you know, people missing. And they're looking for, in every episode, um, something that was done with, you know, America's Most Wanted and other shows that came in the wake of this, where you could, there was, like, a hotline to call in. Now, these repackaged versions of the shows, when the show was syndicated, what they would do is they would do updates. That would allow them to recycle <laughs> segments that they had already done to kind of make cheaper episodes with and pad them out. 
they could do update episodes where they re they reshow the like a slightly truncated version of that segment, then give you like a little one minute update. Like this person was caught, they're still out there, whatever. So what they've done now, because it's so much time has passed, pretty much every segment has some sort of update at the end of it because, you know, whatever's happened is going to happen by this point. These are, you know, twenty plus year old episodes. So I'm watching the new kid segment. There's this girl missing. Her parents are on there pleading for anyone who's seen her. The reason the new kids are on there is her parents were... The girl had been missing for a while. Her parents are flipping through the channels on TV. They see a new kids on the block video that was shot at one of their concerts. And in the video, near the front row, when they're doing the crowd pan shots, they think they see their daughter. And they're all excited, so they somehow get in touch with new kids on the block. I don't know if it was through Unsolved Mysteries, if it was through the police, whatever it was. They're interviewing new kids on the block on Unsolved Mysteries. They're they're reaching out to their fans. They're like, we're going to find this girl. We're going to band together with our fans. In my hazy <laughs> 3 a.m. mind, new kids on the block for a few minutes suddenly became a real-life Scooby gang. To me. I was like, oh, my God, new kids on the block fucking solved a crime. <laughs> they went out there, and they found this girl. <laughs> and I'm, like, building this up in my head. I was like, no one knows about this. I'm the only person in the world who's seen this episode of the show because, again, I come from that generation where New Kids on the Block were a big deal whether you liked them or not. I've never heard about this. I have other friends who are aware of New Kids on the Block and are Unsolved Mystery fans. Never brought it up. So I was like, somehow, this has slipped through the cracks. I'm the only one who knows about this episode. I'm about to watch them solve a crime. I have so much respect for them now. Then they show the footage. I was a little bit shaken when I saw the footage, or a little bit swayed, I should say, because the footage was bad and grainy even for back then. Like, it was a a blocky, <laughs> grainy, fast pan image of a hundred girls who all look identical. All have the same big teased hair with a scrunchie in it, the same sweatshirts, the same, you know, it, they all look the same. This is clearly a family who's desperately clinging to the idea that their daughter's alive out there somewhere. And I, I can understand that, but at the same time, I'm like, fucking new kids are going to save her. They're going to save this girl. The new kids on the block are heroes. So, of course, as I said, these are these are all repackaged. All the updates are on there. So they do the whole thing, and they're like, with your help, the new kids are going to save her. They're asking all their fans to call in and give tips and all this. The update comes on. The girl was already long dead by the time that they had filmed that segment, sadly. And the first thing that popped in my head was Justin Timberlake would have saved her. I was so deflated at 3 a.m. watching this. New Kids on the Block personally let me down. Not that there was anything they could have realistically done, but they personally let me down. And I think it was the next day when I saw the pre-orders for this. So I ordered the vinyl, and I'm recommending that everyone else do the same in spite of the fact that New Kids on the Block were not able to save this girl. And Justin definitely would have. Well, be sure to shoot me a link uh, to a handy place to folks can order that. We'll make sure to include that in the blog post. And this is not a tangent because it's going to all tie back together here. Um, Robert Stack, he had a kind of a, a little bit of a darker side to him as well. And he actually ran a chain of adult locations uh, that were basically a, a glory hole environment. Uh, and it was called Unswallowed Mysteries. And, um, and it was sponsored by Tubi. Can we please name this episode Unswallowed Mysteries? No. <laughs> no, I think we can't. I think I think it's gonna be called Messy Baker. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good pretty good with that. That you can you can twist that enough. 
<laughs> Unswallowed Mysteries. It's what it's got to be. Yep. There'll be a big hole in the YouTube version of this part of this podcast, too. <laughs> Again, for a second while you were saying that, I was like, oh my God, did he? <laughs> it seems plausible. <laughs> but... I am I am apparently incredibly gullible when it comes to Unsolved Mysteries. I was taken down the, this this rabbit hole of believing the new kids on the block solved crimes, which again, had I watched this, you know, more awake and aware, I'd have been like, the sad part is this girl was probably long dead. This is, this is a really sad thing of this family trying to cling to some sort of hope that she's alive out there. And these teenage boy band members, while I'm sure their intentions are good, can't possibly do anything about this real life crime. But at 3 AM <laughs> completely out of it, I'm like, they're going to save her. They've got this. And now you had me believing that Robert Stack ran a glory hole empire. Well, I mean, I, I don't know of many other. If, you know, if you're looking for an actor with a dark side, Robert Stack's on the short list. I think he, if you're just to look, you know, I'm thinking him and Wayne Newton are, are the ones that I, I, could, I could see really unpleasant things being found out about them. But Robert would be on the short list for uh, having, having run such, a, such an empire. In my opinion, do we? If we're not going to name an unswallowed mysteries, which we're not, glory hole empire. Uh, uh, no, it's messy baker. <laughs> Just accept it. You can't deliver that gold and then not follow through with yeah. it, sir. Yeah, well, uh, that's uh, all you. I kept it clean tonight. Yeah, you did, like you do, like you do. Well, do you have any social media recommendations, sir? Well, Robert Stack has this chain of no. I don't have any recommendations for. Uh, uh, I do not have a social recommendation this week. Although, just to, I guess, reinforce what, what we have uh, offered before, if you're not following Nikki Bilderback on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you really, really should because she puts out good content and she's very interactive. And uh, I just hope everything stays cool because it's really easy for me to throw out stalkery-like comments on her photos and she responds back to them. I've just started to reflect upon the fact to say, you know, if people aren't in on the joke, I might get reported. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to wonder. That's the way it goes. See, once again, I'm the good guy. Yeah. I get, I feel like I'm unfairly vilified on occasion. And really, the, I'm the moral compass. You you just keep thinking that, Mike. That, if that, <laughs> do you have a social media recommendation? Um, I guess, you know what? I'll, I'll just tie it into this. Why don't you go and follow Terror Vision? Uh, I did when I received the vinyl. I, I posted a picture of it. They they liked and commented on the picture, so I appreciate that. And, you know, if they happen to hear this, if you want to send me some more records to talk about, I would greatly appreciate that because we, we accept free things. Absolutely. Well, this was an interesting trip tonight. <laughs> so. Did you think going into this, fall came in my mouth would be something uttered on the show? No, I did not. And yet you're the shocking one with Unswallowed Mysteries and Robert Sack's Glory Hole Empire. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, Mike. It's all right, sir. Just, just you know, think about what you did. I, I, think, I think we should wrap up the show, and I need to reflect. So uh, I'm going to do that, and thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.